Episode 7 of T-Shirt Joe's Fast Custom Podcast, sponsored by DWN Productions, here, wherever you're mm, taking it in. Joe, how was your week? You shit your pants, did you? No, I didn't. I mean, but today was one of those days, you know, when I just kind of wanted to sit in the bathroom and, like, just not think about anything or you know reflect on shit you know just kind of wanted to fucking tune out of everything so everything and uh why is that i don't know i don't know it just like popped up you know i felt like a a weird level of stress and i couldn't focus on anything you know tried to watch some shit tried to read some shit but uh i wasn't really uh getting it you know i didn't feel the vibe and i didn't want to watch anything because uh i felt i would give it an un uh you know a a review that really would maybe it didn't merit because of uh the mood i was in you see but uh you know but hey it's the end of the day i just gotta record this thing with you then i can go to bed and then see what the fuck tomorrow brings it must be nice, because, like, you had to last week, you had to get up early and do the car stuff. Mm-hmm. I got to get up early and do the car stuff tomorrow, too, because yeah. uh, I've been for um, a minute. Uh, I was trying to think how fucking long, like, when I uh, hit the brakes and it's about 35 to 25, mm-hmm. a little shake. And I'm just like, oh, that's not too bad. I just had my brakes fucking replaced uh, six months ago. <laughs> I don't think this will be a big deal, but I keep thinking about it. And that's all I will think about when I'm on the road is those fucking brakes. So 
I'll shove seven hundred dollars up somebody's ass tomorrow. I'm sure, even That's though they just replaced them. Yeah, it's better to do it here than on the road, you know, and uh, not fucking finding a mechanic. And, you know, I've been down that route and that sucks, you know, having to get towed somewhere, you know, bullshit. It's all bullshit, Tom. Yeah, it's, it's fucking life, man. But you yeah. think, uh, oh, you think you're all stressed out because you're getting ready for a show and you got to do all that goddamn traveling with the planes and shit? Yeah, I think I'm more than certain that's what it is. And it's just running through my head all the shit I got to do before I get done. There's a lot of stuff I need to ship out. There's a lot of stuff I need to have prepped and ready. So Juan's not at a standstill while I'm gone, you know. Um, That's yeah. got to be nice to have somebody to do shit while you're gone. God damn. You know, and uh, I was hoping this week would be a, a good week in terms of finances, you know. But God damn, was it dead. It was a dead week. And I thought, well, it's okay. It's the weekend. You know, some orders will come in on the website. Damn, was it dead, you know? Well, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm sure you'll make some money this weekend. Oh, yeah, out there, definitely. You know, and uh, while I'm doing that, Juan's doing a thing in Corpus. So, you know, but I'll be gone on the first, as will you, right? No, I'm taking off uh, a few days after. Yeah, so, like, before I do that show, I mean, that's when everything's due and I got to pay all that. And it, yeah, it's just, it's just a lot of shit to think about and it's weighing on my head and it's just, I'm not myself right now, I guess. Or maybe I am myself. This is <laughs> yeah, you're always a grumpy fuck. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Some stress relief tea, you know, and I don't think this shit was made for my kind of stress. I don't know. Uh, my eyes are fucking getting worse. <laughs> I don't know. Getting older there, Joe. I am. I am. I'm not getting. I'm old. I'm old guy. <laughs> you know, nobody told me life was going to be this strange. Nobody <laughs> told me there'd be days like this. So, what, you got like two more days there, and then you take off to... Yeah. Yeah. I've got one more box I need to ship up there, and uh, and then there's some stuff I'm going to pack to take with me from the shop, and, and then, yeah, I'm sure I'll be in a better mood once I get there, you know, because, like, what can you do? You're already there, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, I plan on taking it easy this week in a way of, like, getting orders and shit done just so I could make sure I got everything for the show laid out and done what I need to. So, uh, you know, probably, like, six, eight hours in the shop and then another six, eight hours a day doing whatever the fuck I need to for the show. So instead of, like, 14 whatever hours in the shop. Mm-hmm. We cut down a little bit, so we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I got all got all fucked up and painted this thing really shitty last night. So I was just this is 
fucking garbage. I'm making sure I'm not going to wake up and just fix it. So I just whipped up a black wash, which is like really thin down black paint and just fucking slopped it all over the motherfucker. So it just wasn't nothing and a runny mess. And I'm glad I did because I think it came out passable. Yeah. It works. Looks good from here. <laughs> On this postage stamp size screen we're looking at. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's all right, but who gives a fuck? Joe, you got Pittsburgh, uh, what is it? God oh. damn it, Realm Con, Horror Realm Con. I'll be at Horror Realm Con on uh, this coming Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So if anybody listens from Pittsburgh or surrounding area, head on over there, check it out. And one, uh, Tom is going to make a long excursion for him. So he's doing a, a trade show. Yes. Yes, I am. I was going to say Joseph, but that's not your name. Uh, trans world, not as erotic as it sounds, unfortunately. But uh, if you're in the St. Louis area, find out when it is. And I think it's open to the public now. So I'll, uh, I'll have shit there, like this thing or whatever fucking way you point at it. And hey, I can't wait to go and come back. Joe, I'm already ready to fucking come back. But yeah. I'm speaking of, oh, never mind, you go. No, 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 please. I've got nothing of importance to say at all. <laughs> well, I don't think either one of us do, <laughs> Joe, but we're here anyways. Oh, uh, well, speaking of uh, Pittsburgh, <clears throat> excuse me, speaking of Pittsburgh, I watched a uh, soon-to-be-released hit motion picture. It's uh, It's got a short title, so I got to keep looking down to make sure I'm saying it correctly. My Life with the Living Dead, the story of John Russo, the man who created flesh-eating zombies. So in case you were wondering, that was his name, and that's what he does. This one, Joe, if you could believe it, is about John Russo, the man who created flesh-eating zombies. Uh, for people who don't know, which I would assume is the majority of people, but I would assume a few people watching this knows who he is. He's the dude who wrote Night of the Living Dead, and uh, he's been letting everybody know that for the last 800 or so years. Uh, unlike other documentaries about people, people's lives, uh, John Russo's really the only one who's interviewed. I think there's another one of his buddies or two, but that's about it. It's just him telling his story. Uh, some of the audio isn't the best, like what you're listening to now, uh, I feel, I feel for the guy because that has to be fucking horrible. You get this time with this dude to, you know, get your main interview and then the audio isn't great. I'm sure in the editing process, he's like, oh, God damn it. It sucks. So after a while, you get used to it, but it does have to get noted. Uh, 
I'm not a big John Russo fan. I just seen a post on Facebook saying, hey, anybody with a podcast or page want to review a movie? I said, sure. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if I would check this out if uh, if I didn't see that post or whatever. But uh, I don't want to, because, you know, everybody likes different shit. But to me, this guy did a whole bunch of, okay, yeah, and, like, you made or you helped create Night of the Living Dead. Nobody's taken that away from you. We'll kind of go on from there like he wrote a script for return of the living dead and i guess they said yeah this sucks but we'll buy it so we can have the return of the living dead name or whatever the fuck then dan o'bannon redid it and then he did this santa claus movie which is like oh yeah he's kind of made it as a joke so this guy could get some movie making experience and now uh this is going to like, because if you're just people making movies in your backyard, being at a fucking like a race war level movie, like that's the kind of shit that he's doing now. And it's just all zombie related. Look at me. I'm a zombie. And I guess I didn't even know about this shit. Because Night of the Living Dead, it's okay, kind of dated and boring. The 90s version, Tom Savini's version, which old John Russo takes a lot of credit for, that shit's fucking awesome. But, uh, yeah, you would just think he would be working on something that's not like 20-year-old's backyard movies, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, that being said, like the documentary was well made and it was edited well and all that. Like it was interesting learning about the guy. It didn't make me say, oh, I want to check this movie out and check this movie out. It made me be like, oh, yeah, that's why I haven't bothered to watch any of this dude's stuff. But a well-made documentary. If you like the dude, then I'm sure you'll dig the documentary. and. uh uh facebook check out the facebook page uh i wrote it down because i told him that i would check it out or that i would plug it uh the facebook page my life with the living dead and it is coming out soon so if you're interested in that check it out joe any anything with uh john russo do you know the guy you've seen his stuff uh, well, the guy that directed this, uh, James Lockhart, uh, I've always called him Jamie. I'm hoping that's his name. Uh, I think that's what everyone calls him. He, uh, I see him every year at Horror Realm because he works uh, the Severin table. And he does a lot of Severin. He uh, edits like a lot of their special features, a lot of their documentary stuff. I think there's one uh, documentary did that's just like, vampire movies uh just like a history of that and uh he's a real good guy he's a real real nice guy uh john russo is also there at this show and he's never somebody i really had a reason to meet um he wrote some night of the living dead graphic novels for avatar i think had the property 
at one time. Uh, Marvel had it at one time, too, I think. So maybe it didn't work for them, too. Uh, I read one of them, really wasn't impressed with it at all. Uh, I think he did a movie called Midnight or wrote a movie called Midnight, which I've never seen. That sounds familiar. Yeah, because then him and his gang of youngsters, they remade it in someone's backyard. <laughs> That's odd. Um, yeah, I, I guess there's a lot of uh, horror folk that like that one. It, it got like a release. Maybe Severin released it. I'm not sure. Uh, a few years back. But, but other than that, I don't. You know, I didn't have a chance to watch this. Uh, I will, you know, because I'm sure Jamie's going to ask me about it. <laughs> so I got to watch it before then. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping it's good. I'm glad you're saying that it's directed well and that it's put together well because, you know, you always want to see people you know when they make stuff that, you know, that there's something good to say about it. Now that you're saying he's a special features dude, it mm-hmm. does feel like that. And when I was watching it, like, I had a weird feeling. I can't explain it, but, you know, I just kept thinking, why is this dude the only one being interviewed? What the fuck? And then the credits at the end, so written and produced by John Russo. It was just, oh, well, fucking hell. So this is some kind of vanity project. Like, uh, it wasn't as bad as that Wolfman's Got Nards documentary where that dude just comes up, comes off up his own ass. But, I mean, I'm just like, oh, that was that feeling. This is like a a vanity project. God bless you. You want to get your story out there and all that shit. And it is a good documentary. Like, if you're into filmmaking, especially regional Pittsburgh filmmaking, it's a little slice of history for that, for sure. Uh, I mean, if you're a movie buff or if you're a fan of this guy's shit, check it out. But, uh, yeah, it's just... He should be at a higher level, I think. And did you know that he remade or he shot extra shit for Night of the Living Dead and put out a 30th anniversary cut? With, yeah. like, gore and more zombies and shit. Uh, I have to, to still really like Night of the Living Dead. I, I think it's one of the best uh, zombie flicks out there, and it definitely revolutionized uh, that whole zombie genre. Uh, I dig it. It's got that bleak ending and shit, you know. And uh, yeah, you just like seeing old Ben get shot, you fucking racist. Uh, no, it's still a damn good uh, but I've never felt the need to get like a criterion version of it or whatever. Shit's public domain. You know, you can watch it any uh but it is loved in Pittsburgh. You know, George Romero is loved in Pittsburgh. So yeah, if you have any kind of connection to that movie, you're some kind of hero or star out there, you know. You're at least amongst the horror people. You know, the average Joe ain't going to know who the fuck you are. Probably hadn't even seen Night of the Living Dead, you know? They've heard of it, though, Joe. Sure. They've heard of it. So that's it. My life with the Living Dead, the story of John Russo, the 
man who created flesh-eating zombies, exclamation point, coming soon. Check out the Facebook page. And thank you for letting me watch your movie. I appreciate that. What's up? Oh, what a piece of shit. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> I continued my uh, dive into this box set of Coffin Joe movies. And remember I said this is probably the one that is the disc they're supposed to be replacing. I don't understand what, what, but there was nothing wrong with this disc. This one had, uh, so maybe it's the next one. I'll find out as I continue to go through them. But anyway, Embodiment of Evil. Uh, after not doing shit for quite a while, this came out in 2008. You know, he brought the character back and he finished up his original trilogy. So, you know, the other two I talked about, those were Coffin Joe movies. That other one is just kind of like he plays a character that's kind of like Coffin Joe. Or some of these other ones I think are anthology movies that he just hosts. You know, So there was three movies in the trilogy where he's actually pay playing Coffin Joe. And it goes through his story of trying to find the perfect woman so he can knock her up and continue his bloodline. And... uh in the last movie, he punked out and started praying, asking for God to forgive him, and then he drowns in the river. Well, fuck, that didn't happen, you know? They pulled him out of the river, Tom, and threw him in jail, and he's been in fucking prison, you know, since then. For, what, 30 years he's been in prison, but he's getting released, Tom. He's getting released. He goes back to the town, and, uh, well, no, he's in, like, the city now. And his old manservant, his old hunchback buddy, like, there waiting for him, takes him and says, hey, you know, I got a surprise for you, master. Look, you got groupies, you know, and this group of people that, you know, remember the legend of Kafka and they want to service, you know, be of service to him. And so he goes back to his old deal about, you know, kidnapping women and testing them and seeing if they're good enough. But there's people after him this time, Tom. There's a corrupt cop that doesn't like him uh, because Coffin Joe, as the protector of children everywhere, is stopping these corrupt cops from killing children. Uh, it's kind of confusing. I don't know what the fuck's going on with that whole thing, but, you know, they just set this guy up as, so he can have a foil, you know, somebody after him. And this guy hires assassins to go after him and shit like that. But, oh, Coffin Joe, you know, he's old and shit, but he can still kick some ass, Tom. You know, and that's what he does, kick some ass. You know, kidnaps women, tortures them, Tom. Um, it's good, I dig it. But then it's got these scenes, like, like the past movies have always had like a dream sequence or a sequence where he's in hell or, you know, something. This one does that too, but instead of making a set that, like I told you, it looked kind of like a haunt, but it was but a good haunt. They just do it outside this time. They you know they just go out to the desert, and uh, like there's some people crucified, and like some guy that's like a demon is talking to him. But I guess this scene is supposed to be in hell, but maybe not because you can see power lines in the background, you know, and shit. Uh, it reminded me a whole lot of like fucking uh, the later Phantasm, you know how how 
bad all that shit looked and how out of place it all seemed. You know, this, uh, so I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess, you know, budgetary constraints. I have no fucking idea. You know, how much is anything in Brazil? Can't be that much. But, uh, but I dug it. Uh, I had seen this one before, but really didn't remember it, you know, because it was all, this was all seemingly fresh to me. Uh, extras on this disc is a lot of shit I didn't care about. You know, I don't really care about making the movies and stuff. You know, it has one thing like that, has commentary with people that I don't know, had like a, the fucking uh, premiere at Fantastic Fest or some shit, something in Canada. I don't care about that. So I didn't watch any of it. I didn't watch any of the extras. Uh, the movie looks good. I said the other two, they looked like just like they did before on DVD. This one, uh, this looks sharp. Maybe too sharp, you know? doesn't. <laughs> it makes it look like a soap opera-ish, I guess. You know, when something's that clear, you know, it just takes you out of the, uh, out of the fictional element. You know, it just makes everything look cheap to me. I don't want shit to look real. I want it to look like a movie. I mean, we've talked about it before, but some movies, man, when you fucking do that new transfer, it just fucks them up. Uh-huh. Whether it be colors on the prosthetic or it losing its charm because it doesn't have that fucking quality to it. <laughs> yeah, what... I don't even remember. Yeah, and again, you know, you got these cards inside. Eh, nothing special. Not like that business card. <laughs> so there's only four of these movies? Well, four that are his story, the Coffin Joe. Like the next one, The End of Man, I think is an anthology movie, but he just like maybe hosts it or you know he's just the he's the crypt keeper in the next shit you know and then there's other stuff in here i've never seen before but there's three more discs so begin i don't know how much uh time i'll have to watch stuff this week but maybe i can get one of these in oh joe you ever uh hear my crypt keeper impression i don't think i have tom Tales from the Crypt. That's pretty good. I thought chicken John Castler or whatever had snuck into my house. Yep. I've had I've had months and months and months of practice, Joe. Oh, I know. <laughs> Over to our YouTube page. Uh you can see Tom's reviews of well shit, the whole series he's doing. The whole goddamn series. Start season five this coming up Tuesday. So I guess tomorrow when you're listening to this. It's that Tim Curry episode where he's a lady and then fucks, what's his name, Ed Bagley Jr.? (laughs) It's fucking hilarious, dude. Tim Curry acts like he's sitting on a dick and makes the funniest fucking face you've ever fucking seen. Oh, shit. Speaking of which, I didn't bring this up in the fucking commentary track. 
But remember when everybody was up in arms about Tim Curry playing that role and talking in like southern accents and shit? Hmm? No. So why is it okay? Why is that okay for him to portray another culture like that and do a silly voice? Well, I guess because at the time nobody gave a shit. You know, we didn't have social media where people could like post about all the shit they were offended by. Strangers would support them and, and uh, you know, shit like that. And uh, it was season five. Nobody was watching by that time. Well, I would say let's get a hashtag cancel Tim Curry going because he hasn't been through enough. Did he die already or does he just look Jesus like Christ, Joe. he's alive? I was going to say alive and well, but unfortunately, oh, that's a fucking shame. Soon we'll be sitting in the ghetto thinking about. Oh, <laughs> that's a fucking classic. Taught that goddamn gorilla to play Doom and eat Taco Bell. I can't believe it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> Joe, we're going back to perfection in Trey Moore's three. This time, not even Fred Ward could be bothered to come back. So it's uh, just old Burt Gummer's story. So uh, after, I guess, joining the Argentinian military and getting rid of all their tremors, he comes back to perfection and he built a new compound, built like a concrete wall all around his house to keep the tremors out. And holy shit, Joe, they're back. As soon as he comes into town, they're fucking back. I can't believe it. But this time, those some bitch politicians come and they say, uh-uh, you can't kill those tremors because they're an endangered species. You gotta be fucking kidding me. But they said, hey, if you catch one alive, then we'll leave and you could do whatever the fuck you want. So, uh, old Bert Gummer, he teams up with some dickhead and a lady, and they go out Traymore hunting. Mm. Only this time, Joe, they evolved again. Now, after they turn into these little Mauser-looking things, they turn into something that kind of looks like that, kind of mixed with a uh, dinosaur that spits shit out in Jurassic Park. And uh, they have a combustion engine in their belly that uh, rocket propels them from their asshole so they can fly and shit. And they're dubbed ass blasters, Joe. Hmm. So this one's about old Bert and the gang, you know, taking down ass blasters. Sounds kind of homophobic to me, but, you know, that's what they're doing in the movie. And uh, this one, it's good. It's the one that I like the most so far. But there's a lot of awful CGI in it. Like, there's a fucking white whale in it where it's a white tremor that old Bert's trying to get. 
it looks so fucking bad, dude. It looks so bad and so out of place. But I mean, it was fun. It's definitely low, more low budget than the other ones, a straight to video thing. He's still wearing that fucking Atlanta Hawks hat. If we can just get him in that Cubs hat finally. God damn it. But uh, yeah, it was, it was all right, Joe. Like all the, the two previous Traymore movies, it was all right. I haven't seen this one. I think I've only seen the first two, so everything you're going to be talking about for the next four weeks or whatever is uncharted territory for me. So I'll be well, taking care so, on a lot. I think we're going to do this, and that'll be when old Jamie Kennedy pops up in the later ones. Ah, not a fan of that dude. If you could even call him a dude. <laughs> Tom, I watched a movie called Ariana, Aniara, Aniara, Ana, Ariola, Aniara. This is a Swedish movie, maybe. What's the country that's right next to Sweden? Danish, Norway, Dutchland, uh, Norway. Yeah, it's anyway. It's one of those cold countries. You know, it's a combination of these two countries. Iceland. It's, this that that one too, Greenland. Um, it's the future, Tom, and Earth is kind of fucked. So what they've been doing is slowly evacuating Earth. You know, taking people over to Mars. You know, they got shit set up in Mars. People can live there, and they got like luxury liner type things because it's a shit. It's about a ten week trip. You know, from Earth to Mars. So. They got these big spaceships, you know, that have stores in them, have, you know, activities, bars and everything. Well, this one follows a lady that she works in like a uh, in a place where you can go to relax. You know, like if you got the stress, like if you're a small business owner, you know, and you're stressed out, you can go to this thing. And it's like some kind of AI device that kind of reads your mind and then it'll put you in like a place in nature that will calm you down, like at, you know, put you uh, at ease in, uh, in your mind, you know, but hardly anybody does it, you know, she doesn't have, you know, maybe, but like eight people that go in a day. But as the ship is going along, Oh shit, here comes some space debris, you know, and it hits the ship, Tom, and it fucks up their navigation and it fucks up their fuel. They have to jettison their fuel. And so, well, shit, you're just drifting, drifting along, you know, and they come out and say, hey, look, the best we can do is wait till we drift to this planet here. Uh, we're going to use their gravitation so we can loop backwards and start heading the other way, you know. So people are like, all right, you know. So, well, how long is that going to take? Well, it's probably going to take a year, you know. And it's like, well, fuck, that sucks. Then this other lady figures out, Hey, there ain't no fucking planet on this route, you know? We ain't never gonna fucking, you know, we're here forever. You know, we're just stuck on this ship until we fucking run out of food or whatever. And so more and more people start using this lady's thing because they want to escape from reality. You know? But that machine 
it's artificial intelligence, Tom. It reads people's minds. What's in people's minds? Bad shit, Tom. That machine kills itself. Um, and then it just, the movie progresses, you know, like, hey, year six. Hey, year ten. Uh, along the way, they find, oh, they see a capsule that they think is like a rescue uh, fuel capsule. They bring that on board. Ain't nobody knows what the fuck it is. So their hopes are dashed. Uh, cults start arising and uh, people start committing suicide. You know, everything goes to shit, Tom. Everything goes to shit. Uh, very, very slow movie. And uh, goddamn, is it good. I was very impressed with it. I was like, shit. This movie came out when? Like 2018, 2019? Hadn't heard a single person talking about it, you know? And I got a lot of nerds on my friend list on Facebook. You would think somebody had seen it, but nope. Nobody said shit. Uh, highest recommendation if you're into that kind of science fiction, you know? The, the shit that makes you think, you know? Not the shit with, like, laser guns and fucking, you know, knights knights in space you know fighting with swords energy swords and shit and little puppets you know dancing around uh nah this is the real shit man make you fucking think what was this called how how is it spelled a n i a r a aniara probably means something in some language that i don't speak All right, sorry, I'm just trying to mark shit as I go along. Mark that shit, Tom. Joe, I watched Pinata Survival Island, the uh, Jamie Presley classic. Have you ever seen this one? I've heard of this one. Never seen it. I don't believe I've had a desire. I thought you said you didn't like Jamie Kennedy. Got him. <laughs> Jamie Presley, you see. Never heard of him. That's a different dude. Oh. So uh in this one Elvis's son. Yes. Yes. Winona Presley. Hmm. So in this one, uh some Indian tribe, they're having a plague or some shit. So a witch doctor sculpts like a Rob Zombie monster. Like, you know, those fucking, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but the costumes and shit Rob Zombie uses has a specific look. They're like big, bulky, and goofy looking. So he sculpts one of those to put like the souls or the disease into this fucking thing and then they just throw it down the river and however hundred many years later all these crackers show up on some mexican beach for a cinco de mayo panty raid where like the fucking beaches were littered with fucking ladies undergarments and they gotta go collect them and whoever comes back with the most wins so there's just this fucking, you know, goofy looking Rob Zombie monster going around killing people you know, on a beach. Uh, I guess the thing looked so goofy 
that they thought it would be a better idea to put like a digital blur over it when it fucking moves. It looks like shit. Just have the goofy looking fucking thing. Uh, a lot of people say this is a terrible, awful, awful movie. And uh, it's okay. Like, it's an okay slasher movie. I think they're saying it just because the fucking killer looks so fucking goofy. I mean, there's gore. There's blood in it more than a lot of fucking slasher movies. It's just that blur and then fucking everybody's favorite questionable midget, uh, Howard the Ducks in it. What the fuck is his name? Uh, the guy was like, no, no, I wasn't going to have sex with him. I was going to let him have sex with me because my penis doesn't get hard anymore, you see. Yeah. That fucking dude. Yeah. Uh, Ed Gale. That was it. That was it. So uh, he's in it. So it would have been funny to see him try and move from that fucking costume without that digital blur. But <laughs> it was all right. The Chiodo brothers did the effects and made the thing. So it looks all right. Like it's just an, it's an all right movie. Hmm. Not all right enough to get clipped and made its own separate video or anything but all right uh, where'd you watch this one ah where did i watch this one in the living room okay um um i did it i watched another mario bevo movie this one is called Barren blood. Ooh, barren blood. That sounds like it's going to be scary. Uh, let me see if I can remember this plot line because uh, this is pretty fucking stupid. This guy, he uh, takes some time off from college to go to Austria because that's where his family was originally from. And he wants to learn more about his family. And Mainly this baron that was there, one of his ancestors that uh, was like a Vlad Tepes type guy, you know, that would just like kill people and like impale their bodies around the castle. And, you know, and uh, well, the baron had one time burned a witch and before she died, she put a curse on the baron that he would eventually come back to life. What kind of fucking curse is that? Oh, I curse you to come back to life after you die. Uh, that way I can have my revenge on you. But she's dead. So how the fuck's that going to work, right? Anyway, that doesn't matter. Because it's not the curse that brings the old Baron back. It's the this American guy, the guy that's visiting there. He had found some old parchment paper over at his granddad's house. And this has a spell on it that he can bring the Baron back by using the spell. So I don't know if it's this spell, the witch's curse or whatever. Anyway, him and some slag, they read the, the parchment and then, you know, the Baron's back, you know, and it also has like a, like an addendum, like maybe some little fine print that they can use to send him 
back to being dead or whatever, but they accidentally dropped that shit in the fire. Um, so the Baron's back and he's killing people and he's just a guy with real shit makeup, like, like a burn type looking thing. And he's wearing the big hat and cloak, you know, like the shadow, uh, yeah, he's killing people in uninteresting ways or whatever. And, uh, well, the thing, they're renovating the castle, too. They want to put the castle on the market. And this guy, rich guy, pops up, and he buys the castle, this guy in a wheelchair. And, like, well, who is this guy? Hmm. Could it be he's the Baron? Yes, he's the fucking Baron. And, uh, I don't know, the lady all of a sudden has a medallion that she's supposed to use to send the Baron back when this popped up. I don't know. They go to see a witch. They can communicate with the old witch. I think something like that. Yeah. But what does she tell them? Not really fucking anything. Anyway, she drops the medallion accidentally on one of the bodies that the Baron had killed. And that sets in motion a thing where all his victims rise from the dead. Because only they can kill the Baron. This is fucking stupid. This is some dumb, dumbass shit. And it's boring. Uh, Mario Baba, you suck again. You just plain suck. And I know you got people that love you. And are going to tell me different. That he's a genius, you know. He's an auteur. A renaissance man. He's just a prick prick making shitty movies that I don't want to watch but I think I've got like five more one two three I don't you know too many is what I have too many to watch and I will never ever trust a movie historian or you know somebody that has aficionado written after their name again you know because y'all are pricks too this is out of character. I can't, I can't uh, imagine you saying all this negative stuff about Mario Bava. Mario Bava. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was just stupid, fucking stupid. Made no goddamn sense. It was all over the place. They introduced these characters out of nowhere. Fucking dumb. You ever seen uh, Avar, the first black Superman? No, but that popped up on my suggested titles after watching a, a movie called P.D. Wheatstraw. <laughs> oh, shit's fucking ridiculous. A black family moves into a white neighborhood and they are not having it. Dude, this white lady drops a hard r like it was the most casual shit like just the most casual shit just just like she is saying oh i'm going to the store do you need anything that's how casual this shit was said i don't get fucking shocked very often but i fucking paused and looked at the fucking tv like what <laughs> holy shit even her friend was just like yo relax what the fuck? It was fucking crazy. 
And then she says it later on, like the sun's on her yard because the frisbee or ball went over there. Get off my lawn, you black little boy. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> so uh, beyond all this extreme racism, it's about a black family who moves into a white neighborhood and just, dude, fucking the town comes together. The mayor sends people over. It's like, hey, we're going to pay you double what you paid for your house to get the fuck out of here. Place in East Texas? No, I fucking, I forget where it was. But, uh, oh, Jesus. Then over the radio, this like black revolutionary squad hears about it. So they fucking head over there on their motorcycles to protect the fucking people. And uh, it turns out that the doctor's making like a super soldier serum. So he ends up taking it old A-bar and pretty much becomes a mix of Luke Cage and Petey Wheatstraw. Like he has these fucking mental powers. The last 10, 15 minutes is just fucking old A-bar going around doing Petey Wheatstraw shit. But instead of having a cage, just <laughs> uses his fucking eyes and shit. And fucking at the very end, everybody lives happily ever after. The fucking dude, this was the best ending to a fucking movie ever. The racist lady from the beginning. Oh, I'm sorry I was so mean to you. The only reason I said all those things, because I'm really a black passing his own. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> This movie is full of fucking wild shit. Like, they have their main theme song. I think it's like 20 seconds. Like, that's the whole thing. And they'll just replay it back to back. And it just ends and starts so abruptly. I forget the song, but it's like a ripoff of a popular song. So you keep hearing like 20 seconds of this bootleg popular song and then it just loops again and then just cuts off five seconds or however much more they needed to fill the fucking audio track. Ridiculous. I feel like fucking bullshit. This is some bullshit. I was fucking shocked and entertained. A little longer than it needs to be. Like the whole Petey Wheat straw, that could have been fucking taken down. And it takes a while for him to become fucking Black Superman. And uh, that shit's really not even cool when he does. It's just <laughs> like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> it's just like all the fucking extreme racism in this movie. It should be said, like, this movie was made by Black people. Is like a fucking just making fun, poking fun of the situation. And it has like a deep message in it too. They're trying to be funny and like show you this shit. But it's also just like, man, these people, like black people need to stop moving out of the ghetto. 
and just stay in the ghetto and bring the community up and shit. It's like it's trying to be so deep, but then you have all this ridiculous shit in it. It's fucking crazy. Would highly recommend if you just like wild fucking bullshit. It's uh it's something. Good old Xena. <laughs> I didn't watch anything else, so. Shit. Uh, Joe, I watched two more things. I don't know why this was on my watch list, but it was, so I watched it. It's a uh, made-for-TV movie called Born Innocent. Have you heard? Have you seen this? I have a copy, but I haven't watched it. Oh, shit. So this is pretty much a women in prison movie, but it's all juveniles. <laughs> They're in like a fucking compound for children who are a ward of the state, or I guess you know, young girls, teenage girls. And uh, it stars Linda Blair, and it's about all the shit that happens inside a fucking juvenile detention home or whatever the fuck uh there's some funny shit in it there's uh i mean you care about some of the characters and shit uh it was it was all right it was a surprisingly an all right movie uh fuck there is a uh you know an other r word scene in it where linda blair's taking a shower and then uh a get like the lesbian troop who's in this juvenile detention center. They're a gang. And uh, they take her down to the floor in the shower, and like five people hold her down while uh, oh, they have sex to her with a plunger, Joe. It was rough. It was a rough watch because these were all children. Even if it wasn't, it would be a rough watch. But, uh, yeah, it's all right. I'm not going to recommend it and say go out and watch this shit because fucking why? But, yeah, it was it was fine. Uh, the people who released, like, recent-ish modern copies of this movie should be fucking ashamed of themselves. Because I think Linda Blair's supposed to be 14 in this. Like, they're all fucking children, Joe. And uh, the poster is, like, kid Linda Blair with her tits pushed up and her pants unbuttoned. And she's like, it's like, what the fuck? What is this? Who would, who would, who would draw this? Who would approve this to be your fucking art for your movie? It's goddamn despicable. And fucking, like, as we do, we'll fucking take the posters and post, hey, here's my review for this. I fucking, I wasn't even going to download that one and think about using it. Fuck no. Uh, it was uncomfortable just seeing that. Really fucking weird. And uh, there had to have been somebody else because made for TV movies didn't need posters or really didn't have them. I mean, they would like, put a like maybe sometimes they would put like a full page ad in tv guide or something but 
Yeah, there was an ad for it, but this was like for the modern DVD release of it, like whatever company bought the rights to release this fucking thing. I don't want to say, yeah, go look it up. Don't. You'll probably end up on a fucking list or some shit. But because like I said, I have a copy of the of the DVD, but I've never watched it. But yeah, she's like against the wall or something. Yeah. Her fucking pants unbuttoned. You can see her little kid panties, and it's fucking weird, Joe. It's fucking that. weird. So uh, I think I got one more. Ah, uh, yes, here for blood. This is a t- recent 2024 horror comedy, Joe. It's about a uh, a wrestler who's helping his girlfriend out, like his girlfriend's studying for a test or she has to write a paper in the morning. She so said, hey, can you go watch this kid? I'm supposed to babysit today, but uh, can you go watch the kid until I can finish up and then I'll be here? So fucking he does. People start breaking into the house and then it turns into the a cult and they're all turning into like heaven's gate evil dead fucking zombies and shit so this guy has to cut them up and kill everybody and that's pretty much it it was fucking entertaining as shit joe uh a lot of cool gore effects a lot of fun gore effects uh this dude came off like he was a wrestler like listening to shoot interviews and wrestler podcasts and shit I was just like, yeah, I could buy this fucking guy as a wrestler. Oh, uh, what's her nuts? I forget her name, but uh, the naked lady from Wishmaster 3 or 4, who was in your favorite show, Corner Gas, she shows up. So I was like, oh, shit, she popped up and something again. Good for her. But yeah, it was uh, entertaining as shit. Reminded me of something like Evil Dead 2 mixed with The Strangers and maybe Dead Alive. Yeah, it was uh, it was cool shit. Not great, but still, mm, but still, pretty good. Ain't bad. Luckily, I wasn't planning on clipping this, so it's okay. But yeah, check it out. Uh, so far, it it's on a list. <laughs> we'll see how long it stays there for, but. I thought the shit was pretty fun and entertaining. Uh, A little longer than it should have been. Cut about 20 minutes off. And there's a point where dude's about to, like, walk into some shit. Where, like, if he goes to this part, then all hell's going to be fucking breaking loose. And he's just going to be, like, doom guy fucking shit up. But no, it doesn't happen. So that was kind of just like, oh, all right then. (laughs) But it was worth a watch. Pretty fucking good. Just not great. If it had like a little bit more teeth or edge to it, that could have helped. Because while there was a shit ton of gore and blood and all this stuff, it just, uh, you know, it felt safe. Hmm. It felt like a safe movie. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Plus, they were Canadian, so that had something to do with it but yeah it was all right here for blood check it out joe Hmm. 
You ever heard of uh, Petey Wheatstraw, the devil's son-in-law? I believe I have heard of old Petey Wheatstraw, the devil's son-in-law. I believe this one was probably the first Rudy Ray Moore movie that I watched. So it has always had a special place in this old heart of mine, Tom. Um, This is about the world of comedy. Well, Joe, before we get into what this movie's about, (laughs) let's do a little, little backstory. You just watched the movie. Did you notice Jerry Jones in it? Uh, The guy that owns the Dallas Cowboys, I did not see him. (laughs) He's the uh, cop from the first one. Yeah. And okay. So, yes. He originally uh, wrote a treatment for this, and uh, it was a lot more heavy and horror-inspired. Didn't have, uh, you know, the Rudy Ray Moore stuff we've come to know and love. So uh, he either wasn't on it because they didn't like his treatment, or as he said, I had other stuff to do. So whichever way you want to take it. So uh, Cliff Rockmore wrote and directed it. Uh, This was the first movie that Cliff Rockmore felt was his. So he like called it his baby and this was his movie. And uh, he didn't want to make another Dolomite movie because that was an established franchise. He wanted to branch off and do something different to see if he could make it on his own. Change the fucking name, and this could be a Dolomite movie, dude. So, yeah, and uh, if you notice, Lady Reed, she's uh, pretty much a background character in this one. She felt old Jimmy Lynch was taking her place, and Rudy Ray Moore was pushing her to the side. We'll see how it is going forward. Uh, This has a couple cameos from uh, the same type of comedian that Rudy Ray Moore is who put out like the party records and shit like that. We got Wild Man Steve. He was in uh, the $6,000 N person, a.k.a. Super Soul Brother. Pretty funny movie. If you like this shit, the Rudy Ray Moore stuff, check that out. And uh, Leroy and Skillet, which also they were like a black Cheech and Chong, and they did fucking party records and shit like that. So this was the first one where they had an actual budget. They had all their departments filled that they needed. So they were going to go out and make not a Dolomite movie. Joe, what is this not a Dolomite movie about? Well, this one, uh, we start out with the birth of Dolomite. He was born in a hurricane, Tom. Um, In the middle of? Middle of a hurricane. And uh, he comes out not fully grown, but he's, you know, like maybe. Well, before he comes out, what comes out? A watermelon. A watermelon. Gives birth to a watermelon and then. Which 
you notice a couple watermelon uh, things in this movie. And that was just a little joke Cliff Rockmore did, like uh, making fun of the watermelon stereotype. Okay. Yeah, so he's birthed and he uh, comes out doing his rhyming, you know, slaps his daddy around for disturbing him all the time when he was uh, in the womb. And and then we later on see that this kid's not so tough because he's getting his ass beat by four kids on the street, you know, that's the fucking ruin his groceries, you know, but, uh, an old man takes pity on him and, uh, decides to teach him the ways of the warrior, Tom, the Bushido way. And, uh, yeah, he's learning all this karate stuff, you know, sword play, uh, you know, all that, but he, makes a confession hey you know this is great and all but i just want to do comedy so we fast <laughs> he's fucking training becoming the best karate kid ever and then just like yeah i don't think i want to do hamster style anymore oh that's nice i'm gonna save the world with comedy yeah and that's what kids do they lose interest in shit you know so that was pretty realistic uh, we flash forward, he's an adult now, and he is on the comedy circuit, and it's all Rudy Ray Moore doing his thing, if you've seen Dolomite, if you've seen, uh, the last of the human tornado that we talked about, so that, you know, doing his rhyming stuff, you know, talking shit to people in the audience, you know, tell them how fat they are, or how ugly they are, you know, comedy. <laughs> Shut your ugly ass up! Or I'll slap you with one of her teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of, uh, well, that's all right. We'll just, that was a good spot. We can just cut it and put it together. We'll be fine. It'll be a weird jump so, from this. But. So he's about to go uh, travel. You know, he's going to take his uh, comedy show on the road. Uh, and then we cut over and we look at the, the other guys, uh, Leroy and Skillet, and they have just borrowed some money from the local mob type guy because they're going to put on a whole weekend worth of comedy and music and entertainment, you know, and, uh, fuck yeah, they're all excited about it, you know guys aside from you know getting tied in with these mob types because that's never a good thing but uh oh shit old fucking uh pd wheat straw is coming to town you know and that's gonna fuck everything up because yeah whoever heard of two comedy shows going on at the same time you know people aren't gonna go to both tom you know this fucks everything up for them you know, they try calling old PD Wheat Straws. Hey, you mind postponing? You know, because we got this show that we've been planning. You know, and PD Wheat Straw, like, I guess they owed him money or something. He's just being a dick about it. Nah, fuck you guys, you know. You know I'm going to do what I want. And uh, right there, you know, I kind of get the, you know, this is not a good guy. You know, he could have done them a solid, maybe, you know, even opened up and they could have promoted him next weekend. Come and check out old Petey, you know, but now nah, he's a fuck you. I'm still going to do my show. And uh, 
And hey, they tried, man. They tried to fucking reason with him. So fuck, kill him, you know. First, they kill some young little boy, you know, and then at his funeral, they decided to go kill everybody, fucking everybody. But luckily for old Petey and everybody else, the devil comes around. You know, say, I got a deal for you, Petey Wheatstraw. You marry my daughter, then you can, you know, go back and have your revenge. And, well, Petey takes a look at the daughter and she's just, you know, fucking ugly. She's a demon, you know, what do you expect? You know, but that's like a concession, you know, it's like, hey, you know, he's offering you a deal and he takes it. He takes it, Tom. He takes this fucking deal. And uh, right off the bat, he's planning on on getting out of it, backing out of it, double crossing the devil. So again, I don't like this guy. You know, he's just he's not a good guy. You know, he gave the devil his word, and he wants to try to back out of it. Uh, the devil even gives him a cane with power, Tom, power to do all kinds of shit. Uh, Power to make people say things that they didn't mean saying, you know, mean to say or shit like that. You know, uh, power to make fat women skinny. Uh, make him a dog. Make him a dirty old dog. I can't even do it. I don't know what the fuck that bitch had in her fucking mouth. But goddamn, <laughs> her a little puppy. <laughs> And then she turned him into a little puppy. Mm. Um, so he figures, okay, here's what we'll do. On the day that I'm supposed to get married, we'll get some hobo. And we'll make a mask of me and put it on the hobo and send him to get married. You know? Uh, so, you know, it has a lot to do with your craft, Tom, of mask making. And... uh and when they put that mask on this guy, it looks just like Rudy Ray Moore. I mean, you can't even tell that this dude's wearing a mask. That's how good this shit is. Um, but that mask doesn't last. You know, it's that cheap latex that just, you know, comes apart as soon as you touch it. And the devil knows that, hey, you're, you're fucking two-timing me, man. No, that's not going to work. Um so he sends some demons in. We get some karate fighting. And I got to tell you, those demon costumes are fucking great. You know, if I can put that shit together for next Halloween, I will definitely wear that shit. That is the fucking greatest demon costume I've ever seen. Uh, I can help you with that. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Um, and, and the devil even gets him laid, you know? Gives him his own bachelor party with like eight demon women. He fucks them all. And still, I don't know, Tom. It's just like, you know, I can't like this movie as much now as I used to just because Petey Wheatstraw is just a dick, man. Yeah, the character, you know, <clears throat> it's a lot of the same shit. But he just doesn't have the charisma as Dolomite did. Uh, going back and watching it, like, ah, yeah, this uh, this one doesn't hold up as 
as great as the other ones. I still like it and it's fun, but uh yeah, upon rewatching it, it was just like, huh. Yeah, it doesn't have like all the elements. I dude, I guess after watching the human tornado and how fucking ridiculous that shit is. This one's like a toned down, more well-made, like a more accessible movie for a wider audience and lost lost some of its charm. Maybe they needed Jerry Jones. Um, It's still, like you said, got a lot of shit that I like. I like uh, whenever Rudy Ray Moore gets scared, it's fucking priceless. The the face he puts up, (laughs) you know, it's just great. the scene with the eggs is just stupid and funny, you know. You and the fucking Three Stooges comedy, I swear, dude. It's like whenever they're walking with like a plate of glass across. No, the- I understand. <laughs> you see, Tom, it's an old gag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I get it. It's great. The eggs just go fucking flying. <laughs> oh man, that's so good. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I definitely didn't like it this time out as much as I remembered. Still like it, but it's just probably not my top, you know, after watching the rewatching the Human Tornado last week. Uh, but the Petey Wheatstraw song is damn catchy. You know, it is. I, I have that album somewhere back here behind me. Well, I got a signed Petey Wheatstraw poster, so why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> But yeah, it's good. Just like all of them, we're going to say watch it for sure because it's a fun movie. It's, uh, yeah, out of the core four, I got to say, this is the one at the bottom of the rung, but still, it's not a, or the rung at the bottom of the ladder. But still, that's not a bad place to be when they're all pretty entertaining movies. And I got to say, I like this interpretation of the devil. You know, he's just kind of a nice guy. You know, he likes to jog. You know, just, you know, trying to do something, trying to get business done and taken care of, you know. Yeah, and uh, I they could have had something more for Lady Reed in this one. It was kind of weird that she was like a lackey for uh, Leroy and Skillet, not really in it that much. Not at all. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I do like too when they're waiting for Petey Wheatstraw to fight everybody on top of the building. Hey, can we just run to my house real quick? (laughs) Yeah, she's all worried about, oh, my apartment's ruined. (laughs) Typical Uh, woman. Good shit scattered throughout that made me still, you know, crack up. But yeah, it's not, it's not the total package. So next week, or not next week, uh, I think it's the 12th we're officially coming back and uh yeah we're gonna do the disco godfather this is the one that uh tanked his career and people say he's one of the worst movies ever made i happen to love it and uh can't stop from dick dancing when that theme song comes on and we'll talk all about that in, in a couple weeks but uh, I also checked out uh, Rudy Ray Moore's comedy special, Rude. I think it was live from something or something when it was originally done. But uh, 
kind of weird he's doing like a theater in the round type setup it looks like it's the club from uh disco godfather but i'm not a hundred percent sure and uh i guess this was at a time when the uh movie money dried up and he didn't have shit he was broke so uh Luckily, the comedy boom of the 80s was happening, and uh, he was able to release this a few years after it was recorded, so that helped and all that. But uh, it's just uh, it's just bits from all his records, and it's, uh, it's very staged. He does about 20, 30 minutes. Leroy and Skillet come on, do 10, 15 minutes. And then Rudy Ray Moore comes back out and does, uh, uh, what, 20, 30 more minutes. And I mean, it's funny shit, but it's like all stage shit from the, uh, from the records and shit. I mean, it's funny. It's funny the shit he's saying and how he's saying it. So, I mean that, but it's dated and all that shit i understand worth a watch if you like rudy ray more shit because it is funny it's just like this is a weird special because it's nothing new it's just all pre-done shit from all your records and stuff but i guess maybe now because comedians these days do fucking an hour every year sometimes more and it's all new shit so yeah, and it wasn't so widely available back then, so I can I can understand that shit. But yeah, it was all right. It was just shot kind of weird too. This one was directed by Cliff Rockmore as well, and I don't know. It just it was shot just kind of weird. Huh. It was all right though. I liked it. I had a good time watching it. Then I watched a couple Heaven and Hell live fucking uh, performances. Then I watched DMX at Woodstock 99. Holy shit, dude. Where are my end persons at? And then it's just a sea of fucking white people. Like you see fucking ladies like on dude's shoulders and shit. And people trying to come up and lift their fucking shirts up. And then just, it's just like, you know, tape sexual assault DMX and they're just rapping to a bunch of white people about the hood. And at one point, I can't remember exactly what he says. Something like, there's a lot of cocksuckers out there. Yeah, a lot of you cocksucking motherfuckers. But this is for my real peeps. And it's just like, God damn it. I sure have changed. <laughs> Ah, at least where the hood at hadn't came out yet, so that would have been uncomfortable for everybody. But yeah, dude, it was just so ridiculous. DMX just up there being DMX to just a sea of pasty white motherfuckers, dude. So goddamn funny. Oh, shit. And then that fucking Baldwin from Biodome and Rosie Perez introduced him. Dude, it was so goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> Would recommend. It's on the old YouTube. All right. You like Spider-Man? Uh, sometimes I actually do, Tom. But uh, Marvel 2 and 1, they wrapped up that whole thing with the Black Widow uh, losing her memory. And uh, all I can say about that story, Lauren, is the art is pretty good. 
Steve Leola. I think that's how Lay Aloha. That's his name. Oh, it's a play on words. Lay Aloha. Huh. Steve Lay Aloha inked uh, Sal Bashima. I don't know. I don't know, but his inking adds a lot to it. It makes the art look really fucking good. And it, that, again, it shows you what a good inker can do. Uh, but the storyline was just, uh, okay, you know, whatever. Uh, over in Spectacular Spider-Man's, you know, the lizard and the iguana, they're still going at it. And uh, Spider-Man's uses a machine to drain all the lizard whatever that makes Kirk Connors turn into the lizard and milk into the iguana and the iguana just fucking kills itself, you know, and now Kirk Connors is cured. So we'll never see the lizard again. And then we move over to amazing Spider-Man's number. What is this issue? 197. 197. And where we left off the fucking Kingpin had captured Spider-Man's and we find out that this is his last day as a criminal. You know, we thought he was dead. Remember he fucking fell into the ocean and shit, but it turns out whales can swim. That, yeah. <laughs> you know, he found a tunnel that didn't have water in it underwater and survived in there. Just like Marv. I don't understand quite what happened or what the science is behind that. But anyway, he seen it in Sin City, remember? Marv fucking hit the car off into the lake and then he swam and went into one of those tunnels. Yeah, I guess. Fuck um, yeah. Um he had amnesia for a little while, you know, and uh but now he's back, you know. Told his wife, hey, I'm back. You know, she says, yeah, but you ain't gonna be a criminal no more. I'm giving you so much time and you gotta quit all your criminal shit or that's it, we're done. He agrees to it, you know, because he loves his wife. And the last thing on his list to do is kill fucking Spider-Man's. You know, it's his last day as a criminal. And the issue's a big slugfest with the Spider-Man's and the Kingpin. And the Kingpin kicks his fucking ass. You know, it's pretty good. I kind of like this issue, Tom. And the Kingpin's right about to kill him. But the clock strikes midnight. And he's done. He can't can't do it because his wife is right there. What are you going to pick? Are you going to pick me? Or are you going to kill old Spider-Man's? I'll pick you, Vanessa. The end. Spider-Man's. He just got his ass kicked. Got his ass kicked. Yeah, luckily she'll be dead soon enough and he'll go back to a life of crime. Even more hate fueled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. This was one of the better issues uh, that I've liked. So. so, what sucks about going back and reading this shit? You're just, oh, I thought she was fucking dead. What's going on here? You just get all the fucking shit you've read and seen all mixed together, and then you go back and see this shit. It's like, I don't know where the fuck we're at. Silvermane was dead, I thought. Who fucking knows? <laughs> like, I haven't uh, reread those Daredevils in a long time, but I thought Vanessa was, like, like getting 
some kind of vegetative state or something, you know, and I don't know. Fuck it. Maybe he had a son, too, that died. I don't know. It. He did. Fucking pricks. Mm-hmm. <sighs> hey, speaking of Sin City, Joe. Oh, Christ. You like comic book movies? I don't. I don't. Uh, but I thought, you know, because I never prepared with the list. Hey, this will be an easy one, you know. What would be some comics that would make for a good movie? Thought it'd be easy, right? So I started looking at my comics, you know. I was like, well, shit. They've actually made a lot of this stuff into movies already. Not good movies, but they've made a lot of stuff into movies. Ah, So I scrounged around, scrounged around, Tom. And finally, I found five. And at number five, Tom... It's my only mainstream one, really. No, I got two on here. Uh, From Marvel Comics, Machine Man. Not a great character, so I don't think they could fuck it up too bad, you know? I'd watch a Machine Man movie with stretchy arms and stuff. My number five is a movie they were going to make, or they still are making. They made like a little test thing to say, hey, this is what it would be if we made it. But that was years ago. And that's The Goon, a CGI fucking animated movie. That would be pretty cool because you could do a bunch of wacky zombie shit with that. At number four, Tom, there's a comic called Alien Legion. And these guys were just like soldiers of fortune, but they were aliens, you know? Um, Yeah, you can do some easy shit like that. Doesn't need much of a story. Just got these cool-looking aliens and a lot of action. And you're in business. Easy. Easy. It would require a budget, though. My number four would be Hard Knocks. Or just fucking any movie with a cool Hulk thing fight. Why the fuck we haven't had that yet? I don't know. That seems like, yeah, that would be the best fucking fight you could probably do in your comic book movie. But we can all go fuck ourselves. All right, then. Well, Tom, luckily for you, you get to see King Kong and Godzilla team up this time. You know, I saw that wonderful running towards the fucking poster, you know. (laughs) With his power glove on? Fuck yeah, he's about to play Nintendo. Uh, At number three, have Give Me Liberty. Back Frank Miller was still writing good shit. I thought this, I need to reread it. Maybe it's not as good as I remember, but I remember back in the day thinking this was badass. Yeah, maybe not go back and reread that. I shouldn't. We can get a live action period piece set in the 90s, R-rated old school comedy of Eltingville. That would be pretty fucking sweet, Joe. (laughs) Unfortunately, that time has passed, and 
that had to be something that was actually made and came out back then. So now you'd have a fucking Kevin Smith or somebody make it and it would be fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I saw and I thought, no, you know, that would probably make a good TV show, but not a good fucking movie. Yeah, but this next one, I think would make a good movie. Tom, maybe a series of movies. And that is Beasts of Burden. It's about some dogs that, you know, deal with horror stuff like ghosts and things, you know. And uh, I'd watch the shit out of this. Because dogs. An anthology? I don't know if, like, a whole storyline could fill a movie. Yeah. But you picked, like, three or four of them out. That'd be good shit. Ah, what are we, number two? Is that what we're at? Yes, I just did two. Gotcha. Number two, I have a Lobo movie. It doesn't have to be a hard R. Like, you might even be able to get away with it being PG-13 because of how the language was censored in the comics and, like, all the carnage coming from aliens that didn't have red blood. So you might be able to get away with it being PG-13, but to have all the wacky effects and shit, I think it would need to be rated R, even if the language was toned down and shit. Yeah, but I don't think there's ever been a rated R movie with dolphins in it. What about uh, Day of the Dolphin with George C. Scott? (laughs) (laughs) The shop somewhere. (laughs) It's on the old watch list. It's weird. It's an odd movie. Odd subject. That's Uh, what I hear. At number one, Tom... The Creature Commandos. Uh, You got a Dracula, you got a Frankenstein, a werewolf, some kind of, I don't know, witch lady or some shit, and guy robot uh, fighting fucking Nazis. That shit's gold. How is that not a movie already? You know? That's, you know, I'd watch the fuck out of that, too. I'd probably go, like, you know, to the next theater house and watch it right after I finish watching Beasts of Burden. (laughs) Well, Joe, that was a good one. And my number one would be an animated movie. Because it just wouldn't wouldn't fly in a live action. And that would be Scud. The disposable assassin, Joe. They were going to make it, and then they didn't, and then nobody gave a fuck, so it'll probably never happen. But uh, a Scud animated. What's up? They never did a show with him? Huh. Okay. Yeah, they fucked up. Something animated Scud would have been awesome. The closest thing was at a Sega Saturn game. I think they released it on the PC too. And yeah. That was it. Missed opportunity. Faux show. Well, at least he's making money and getting laughs with uh, Rick and Morty. At least there's that. 
And at least next week, we're going to list our top five favorite issues of Scud. The disposable <laughs> Oh, let's do uh, let's do Rudy Ray Moore songs. Okay, but it's not going to be next week. It's uh, I'm pretty sure it's the twelfth when we're yeah. So the twelfth will be back. That's a Tuesday, so it probably won't be out till that Wednesday, the thirteenth. But then that following Sunday, we'll be back to the regular schedule. Uh, I have the Tales from the Crypt shit recorded for this week. I'm going to try and record three more. So uh, it'll be for the time that we're gone. So there will at least still be something popping up on the channel so people don't think we fucked off but yeah unless disaster strikes knock on wood we'll be back in a couple weeks and uh i may or may not have a pre-record for uh an episode next week it just all depends on how much shit i gotta get done so uh I appreciate everybody listening. If you stuck around this long, hey, if you stuck around this long, just uh, post something in the comments just so I know that you actually listened to the whole thing. That'll just help me figure something out. So if you would be so kind as to do that, I would appreciate it. Joe doesn't really care, but I do. Uh, if you're going to be in the Pittsburgh area the week this is released, head on over to uh, Pittsburgh for Horror Realm Con. And uh, before you head up there, make sure to stop by Joe's favorite spot, Sheets. Get him some of those fresh-made Pennsylvania fajitas made right in store. He loves that shit. And grab a hoagie or something, too, and bring that shit, too. Or maybe... Stuff some fucking fries on there. Because there's nothing more Joe loves than sheets. <laughs> and uh, a week after that, I'll be in old St. Louis for Trans World. Uh, so come and check that out. And check out DWNProductions.net. Masks, busts, props, custom work. If you want something custom made, uh, pretty busy right now, but... We'll see how it goes. And uh, you can hit up Fast Custom Shirts if you want some custom shirts. Hundreds and hundreds of t-shirt designs. All reasonably priced. Uh, Joe, what what do you have to say? Oh, that's it. I will be adding uh, some new designs to the site this week uh, before I get on the road. So uh, check it out. There's a new section. But just, just browse the site if you want. I'd appreciate it. Everybody, have a great couple of weeks. Uh, I hope, Joe, I hope it goes well for you and you guys have a great, safe, and fun trip. And I hope it goes even better for me and we have an even safer trip. (laughs) Yeah, everybody, again, thanks, Joe. Thank you. And uh, until we meet again. Boy, yeah. Fuck, I'm Boy, yeah.